Pro football player Travis Kelsey is pressed for time during the football season. So he does two things at once. Whether it's grilling while mowing. Two things at once! Or getting this season's updated COVID-19 shot at the same visit as his flu shot. Two things at once. You can be like Travis and ask your pharmacist about getting this season's COVID-19 shot at the same visit as your flu shot, if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Learn more and schedule at VaxAssist.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. What's it going to be today? Skyline three-way or cheese conies? Hmm, that's a tough one. I know. Give me a Skyline three-way and cheese conies. Problem solved. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. me talking about the bills what else would you rather be doing we're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the cover one network right now i just want to talk about this championship level i've never had a championship caliber team to talk about i want to focus more on the storylines each week what are the big stories going on with the bills what are uh thoughts commentary how do these things impact buffalo deep drop throw, and it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone, and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host today, Kevin Nasseri, here with Mike Bunt to talk about this Sunday night football matchup. A really great one with the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers. Biggest deficit, biggest point spread ever of his career. Very interesting news and nuggets. Never expected them to have a losing record coming to Orchard Park. It's a lot to dive into. Lots of what's going on there. They have some interesting DVOA numbers going on in Green Bay with their defense. Specifically one of the worst first and second down teams I've ever seen. And then third and fourth downs that actually uh, nut, nut up a little bit and play a little bit better defense. So there's some interesting trends going on in Green Bay. And then their offense is just atrocious. So there's a lot to, to break down from that. Fun bye week. Everyone got to rest and relax. Got to hopefully come back healthy. Hopefully the emergence of Trey White. A lot to get into there. But first and foremost, how are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. Uh, bye week was enjoyable. Got some time off from uh, from the Bills, which... Isn't always a great thing, but it was it was nice to enjoy the fall a little bit. The Sabers are winning games. Buffalo is a happy place right now, and uh, they have a game later tonight. So, very good mood right now. I mean, how how can you not be? You have well, you have UB Ohio coming up this time next week. Uh, what 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 a game for Mike! You have sometimes that game doesn't matter, but now it's going to be basically for uh, Mac, the Mac championship. Yeah, yeah, I would I would assume that if UB pulls that off, they would be the Mac East champions fairly, very, uh, fairly easily. You have the Sabres winning games. Mike's got to be in his glory once again here for, uh, for what's going on, but just another week of watching football and another week of seeing other lackluster teams, just not looking great. You saw KC look good. You saw them being able to take care of Sam Fran, a trendy, they trade for Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm glad to see that got done. 
wasn't multiple first round picks as we discussed on this show. That's how negotiations work. It was barely equal to a late first round end of the first round compensation, which was actually more than they probably even thought they would get. The bills were said to have traded uh, offered a second round pick. So the, um, the report said, I firmly believe that that was probably accurate. And uh, they obviously went with a much uh, greater offer. Uh, as well. We saw James Robinson get traded to the Jets after Brees Hall went down. Our guy Brees Hall, great player, um, would, was really dynamic, really starting to come on uh, scarily for the division. Um, but now you see James Robinson there for a six-round pick. Would have liked to see the Bills interested in that kind of low-budget move uh, to help out their offense. But all that's beside us. It's Trey White week. Uh, by all accounts, it does look like he's going to be up and at least – on the active roster, does he start and play? That we don't know. But it does look trending into the right direction of him playing. But just yet another week across the league, Mike, where teams just don't look great. It went fairly chalk, nothing crazy. Miami's barely able to beat a lowly Pittsburgh team at home. It just it just doesn't look great across the league right now. Yeah, the, the NFL is full of mediocrity right now. There's three teams that are elite, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles, then there's a ton of teams that are just average. And then at the bottom, you can throw teams like Carolina and Detroit, which are just plain ugly to watch on a weekly basis. But that does similar opinions. You watch everyone in the league, and I don't think there's a team that can really keep up with the Bills outside of Kansas City. Philadelphia, we'll see. They're, they're playing good football, but the Eagles really have not uh, – not to their fault. They haven't really faced anybody great to this point. And when you see the Jets at five and two, the Giants um, at six and one, I respect to both of them for their great starts. But if that's the top of the league, it really doesn't say much for everyone else. And when you're seeing the Packers at three and four, the Bucks at three and four, losing to the Panthers, it's just ugly football by um, most of the teams across the NFL at this point. And uh, I'll take it. As long as the Bills continue to play great and I, I see this mediocrity, my um, my hopes get even higher and higher that they actually will end up uh, ha- having a really good chance of winning Super Bowl this year. Now, what's funny about that, you just went on, that actually Carolina ended up beating Tampa. Um, so we even talked about the bottom and then you had Pittsburgh basically taking Miami, needed multiple interceptions that happened to to beat Miami. And Tua had about four or five interceptable passes. That was an old route-type Bills game. Like, there was a lot of those on Sunday. So, like, the Jets winning over uh, Denver. Denver felt like an old Bills team where the defense gets stop after stop after stop after stop, and you're just hoping maybe this is the drive, and it just never happened. And the Pittsburgh game against Miami, very similar, where Miami jumps out to a quick lead. They look like they're going to blow out Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh does enough to – to stay in the game, and then every opportunity late, conservative punts, and then costly turnovers by Pickett. And God, it it, it was kind of it kind of brought up trauma and, and uh, scary times from the past that I'm glad I don't need to live out anymore. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, well, we get to move on to what was supposed to be one of the games of the year, which was supposed to be a potential preview of the Super Bowl. Uh, it's, uh, who knows? Green Bay could still figure it out. I mean, the NFC is a week. They've already lost to Minnesota. Uh, but San Francisco, I know Christian McCaffrey didn't get a ton of touches yet, but still, they're still losing games. They still have Jimmy Garoppolo weird to go all in and trade the rest of your future, uh, for a running back when you're 
not you're not in the position that the Bills are in. You're not in position that maybe Kansas City's in, and maybe even the Eagles. But the Eagles would be all set with with the rebirth of Sanders. But anyways, San Francisco doesn't look like they're there. I I, I don't even know who comes out of the NFC right now. You, you could have a random team come out of the NFC, which is a great which is great news for uh, AFC fans of the Bills Chiefs that are looking to for the Chiefs' sake win another one for the Bills' sake win their first one. It doesn't look like the NFC might not be that big of a threat outside of the Eagles. And this is their first year really doing it underneath this regime. So we'll see how that all equals and what that means in the playoffs. That usually to me equals upset alert when they go and play someone like Green Bay in the playoffs or Minnesota in the playoffs. That do they even make it through? We'll have to see what's up for Philadelphia there in the NFC. But as you look at this matchup, Green Bay to me until they're down and out, Mike, it's kind of like Patrick Mahomes will be in 10 years, 15 years. I'm just not going to count them out. I just, I'm, whether it's against the Bills, whether it's against the Vikings, it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to count out Aaron Rodgers. But the one thing you have to mention is the offense isn't clicking here in Green Bay. They're not running the ball specifically very well. They are not, they don't have receiver. They just don't want to address receiver. Or for some reason, no matter what goes on there, they don't want to address receiver. Now they're out, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. They're in a world of pain at the receiver position playing a Romeo Dobbs, a guy that looked pretty good in the pre draft process. And they're just pretty lackluster. And Sammy Watkins, they're just pretty lackluster at the receiver position. And the offensive line is it has always had its issues in Green Bay. It's not pretty there right now. But the one X factor is, does Aaron Rodgers figure it out on Sunday Night Football where he's always performed fairly well and in an atmosphere where no one expects them to win as a double-digit dog? Are those extrinsic things worrying you, Mike? After You can look at all the data you want. We can get into some of them. We're going to get into some of the DVOA shortly. But are those things worrisome to you? That is there something to that? Or or is this beyond that? Is this one of those games where it's like, I don't really care about this Mobo, Jobo, uh, Rogers against the world mindset? Or does that legitimately mean something to you? I'm honestly not too worried about this game going into it. Yes, you never know what can happen in the NFL. And a guy like Aaron Rodgers can just find it in a snap and they could come to Buffalo. They could upset the Bills, and uh, next thing you know, they could be rolling, heading into uh, the late part of the season, and and make a run in the playoffs. So I'm not going to put that past the Packers finding themselves. But right now, based off what they've done to this point this season, they are truly not a good team. They're they're not a, a solid football team at this point of the year. They have looked, quite frankly, pretty poor on offense uh, the last month. Um, I know you said we'll wait on DVOA, but right now DVOA, they are the 10th ranked offense, which is kind of a little bit of a surprise if you've watched them in recent weeks. Uh, the 14th passing, 14th running, which uh, ends up giving them a little bit of a boost because some teams are uh, quite a bit lower in one of those two categories. But when you, you hit it, it, right now they don't have uh, weapons for, for him to throw the ball to. When you're talking about uh, Robert Tunyon is the leading reception uh, guy on the Packers and Romeo Dobbs, uh, Dobbs, um, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb being the, the guys that you're, you're leading on. And Sammy Watkins hasn't even been playing football. There's a surprise. Uh, there's just not many elite playmakers. And they've been able to mask it in previous years because you have a guy like Devontae Adams who's just a legit freak and superstar uh, that he felt like he could just keep targeting time and time and time again. But it, it's just not the case right now. The running game is okay, but it's 
nothing spectacular. And uh, the biggest thing I'm noticing right now with what I'm watching on the Packers and, and seeing analysis and everything is that Aaron Rodgers just does not have a lot of faith in any of his offensive guys, whether it be his offensive line not protecting him well um, against the Jets, against Washington, or when there are opportunities to maybe go deep or throw something, uh, a, a jump ball contested situation, he's checking them down. And he's not always even checking down with great accuracy. So um, this is not just a, a lack of weapons. This is Aaron Rodgers not playing great football either. And he can say everything um, such as this is the perfect time to play the Bills because everyone's doubting us. But that's the only positive you have going into the game. That's not saying much about (laughs) the Packers at this point. Yeah, and as you break down the stats further, Randall Cobb was actually having a very good receiving year, believe it or not, before injury. As usual, just like you mentioned with Sammy Watkins, hurt, out, done for the year. Uh, Alan Lazard hurt his shoulder, is not expected to play, even if he goes limited. Don't expect much from Alan Lazard, who has shown to be maybe that Devontae Adams fill-in. For all you fantasy football fans out there, was a good mid-to-late-round pick for people. Uh, Definitely a a player with potential number one receiver. No, I I don't know that even he's on the level of Gabe Davis uh, at this stage, but he has shown to have some rapport with Aaron Rodgers. So has played fairly well so far this season, not expected to go. Uh, Dubes has had his issues across the board. Obviously, I mean, he's just dropped plenty of passes. He's had issues. He's shown flashes, definitely strong uh, potential there for a fourth round pick shown that he could be, you know, maybe their version of uh, Khalil Shakir, um, but just quite frankly, isn't ready to be uh, a number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers that he needs to be. And then Sammy Watkins has only paid 113 snaps this year uh, is expected to be healthy, at least for this one. And on a one game basis, uh, we'll see what he's able to do. And then Amari Rodgers would be their other receiver. And it just doesn't look good from a passing perspective. They just don't address it ever. They just really never feel like spending more than a third or fourth round pick at the position. And it's just, you know, it's unfortunately undrafted free agent. They found Lazard. You know, obviously they got Cobb back after many years of being a veteran. You know, Dobbs is a fourth round pick. They did go and get Watson, who seems to be out of this fairly good receiver class, not playing very well either. He had a wide open, wasn't it Watson who had a wide open ball early in the year and just dropped it on what would have been a a long bomb touchdown. So that's not a way to instill faith in Aaron Rodgers and, you know what, Kev, I think what simply when you look at it, the Packers organization, their front office or management, I, I think they just continue to believe year after year after year that they could get by without investing at in weapons and that Rodgers would just continue to carry him. And mm-hmm. this is proof you can be one of the best quarterbacks in the world. Eventually, if you don't have playmakers, it's kind of tough to be successful at your position. And uh it, it, it's it's tough to see the, the Packers struggling as much as as they have been, but yep. hey, I welcome it as a Bills fan uh, this week, uh, especially since Green Bay has never won a game in Buffalo uh, against the Bills, and it looks like strong chance for that to continue. What's interesting too is if you look at you know as we start to get into their defense a little bit, their first uh, first down against the pass, they're 18th in DVOA, so there's definitely something to jump on them early. First down rush against run. 
28th. So there's definitely first downs a down to get them. If you're staying in first and 10th and the majority of your drives, you're in good shape. Second down, one of the worst teams in the league on second down, which is interesting. 31st against the rush. They're just not stopping the rush at all. Second down pass, 20 seconds. So they're getting worse on second down. Uh, so if you can beat them first and second down, I don't see them being able to match uh, much of what you're able to do. They stiffen up a little bit, which is interesting, Mike. Fifth in the league on third and fourth down and third in the league. Uh, on rushing the ball on third down. It's no one's throwing. I'm going to imagine no one's running the ball on them in third and fourth situations, um, as well as fifth in the league against the pass on third and fourth downs. So what is the reasoning why they're horrific on first and second down, like bottom of the league, but then they, they, they tighten up. Do you have any reasoning why that could be like, what, what happens on third down? They're not in it much. Um, teams are overthinking it. Like what, what's going on against green Bay where, you can get anything you want and seemingly DVOA related on first and second down, but then they come to play a little bit. That's interesting. Usually the reverse. Yeah. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on uh, with them with that, but it, it's just a team in my, my opinion, that's just going through a lot of struggles. You, you look at it overall, if you, even breaking out and going to my, my numbers right here, this this three game losing streak they've just stopped being able to run the ball at all so if you really want to look at the packers the biggest reason they're not getting things done we always look at the packers and talk about aaron rodgers he has not been aaron rodgers all year the most he's thrown for a game this year if you're looking at the pass yard it's just 248 against tampa bay so you go the past uh past three weeks it's 207 218 194 if you're throwing for around only 200 yards total, you're struggling. And then the running game, no help at all. 94, 60, 38 yards. It's just it's just going away. And if, if you're the Packers or, or a fan of Green Bay, you're hoping that it's just a, a cold stretch. But when you talk about doing that against the Giants, the Jets, and Washington, that's scary. I mean, I, I, like I said earlier in the show, props to the Jets and the Giants. But – that Green Bay should not be struggling against those teams the way they have been. I, I know the Jets have played solid defensively. Washington has some guys on their squad, but uh, it, it's just a combination of a lot of things not going right for, for the pack. And I like this comment about maybe they are awful when they have to defend both. They're not sure what their assignment is or getting confused against different coverages, different reads. Uh, and that could quite frankly be one of the best reasonings I've seen yet. They're not sure. It's they're they're not able to simplify it. And then third and fourth down, maybe it's an obvious throw, maybe it's an obvious run. And in those situations, they're able to, to tighten up a little bit. And DVA might point to that. It does show that they're better on third and fourth down defensively. So we'll see. Those third and fourths and short plays might matter. Green Bay's pretty good in that situation right now. You don't want to get into that though. You want to make them guessing. You don't want you want to make them uh, assume that if Josh is going to run, if you're going to have a Devin Singletary. Uh, game or not so you want them to make that seems to be a real problem for green bay not understanding what they're seeing um and they're just not playing particularly great coverage right now and being 25th dvoa defense uh that's usually music to the bills ear green bay has been up and down historically at defense sometimes they have really good years sometimes uh, aaron Rodgers is in their entire team but most numbers point to that they have uh fairly struggling eric stokes playing cornerback right now 409 snaps uh, one of the worst coverage guys in the league currently. That's going to be fun. Uh, Razul Douglas is a guy that's kind of bounced around a little bit, but kind of rebirthed himself as a slot corner. 
So we'll see what he's able to do. One of the better cornerbacks on their roster. And then Jair Alexander is kind of a solid run of the mill guy uh, up and down throughout his career. Uh, and definitely had a really good uh, early part of his career and is, is, is struggling a little bit at the current moment. And then there's no safety play there. Savage and Amos are struggling mightily uh, right now per uh, advanced statistics. They are the most targeted safety tandem in the league. Uh, they just, they're just not getting it done. And maybe that goes down to the, the simplification of it. They're getting confused with run and pass across the league. So that's, that's a really interesting note. And they're both really struggling in coverage. So they're coming up, they're trying to make run. They're trying to help and run and they're getting burned per uh, their coverage statistics. So lots of good there, Mike, for the Buffalo Bills offense, as you see secondary first and second downs, awful. Their secondary is awful. Uh, there's definitely run defense awful too. I mean, let, I, I mean you want to hear these numbers? How many yeah, run cards they've allowed in the last couple of weeks? 166 against Washington, 179 against the Jets, Woo. 125 against the Giants, 167 against the Patriots, 180 against the Bears, 126 against Minnesota, and then somehow they they held Tampa Bay to like 34. So this team can't stop the run. And you know what? Maybe this is a perfect opportunity for the Bills to try to get their keep their run game going. Bills had some success against Kansas City. And obviously the Bills are a pass-first team. You want to let Josh Allen cook, but also good to develop some confidence. I like the comment, maybe get James Cook more involved uh, in the run game this Sunday, get him some confidence, build that up a little bit. Uh, and if the Bills can start running on you, there's no way you can stop them because then Josh Allen is... Need quality and accessible health care at a minimal cost? Get Antidote Health. We offer individual and family plans with zero co-pays for online doctor visits 24-7, pediatric visits, mental health care, and more. Some plans even have a cashback benefit, and you'll get access to top-tier providers like Cleveland Clinic. Open enrollment has started, so sign up today at antidotehealth.com slash start. Dollar co-pays and cashback not available on all services or prescription drugs. Consult your plan for more information. I was running until I wasn't. My hospital stay would have cost nearly $48,000, even with insurance. But with VA, I'll pay zero. And VA is the best, most affordable health care in America for veterans like me. Knowing that my family is waiting at home and a surprise medical bill isn't, that's good for my heart. My service was then. My benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for this hyper amount of benefits mentioned here. I'm just going to have be set up for everything. So... Uh, I, I like this this matchup a ton for for the Bills. I, I can't believe it's an 11 point um, line right now, based on what I would have thought going into the season. But uh, it's deservedly so. Yeah, I mean there was there was a point where I was expecting this to be like a one or two point Bills line. Like that was probably preseason what I was expecting this to be. And to show you the gamut of struggles that they've had and the difference of seasons that these teams have had. I would never have thought this would not be one of the easiest games uh, left. And it is, I mean, you look at some of the numbers and metrics breaking down uh, what's the expectation. It is DBOA potentially one of the easier remaining, especially because it's at home, one of the easier remaining Bills games left. So there's, it's very strange that I would not have expected that. And I wanted to do a little exercise with you. We'll get that into that toward the end of the show on uh, strength of schedule. I wanted with the eight, 11 remaining games. This is, I was kind of thinking about this as I was prepping for the show. What's the hardest remaining bills game. Cause this was supposed to be it. I mean, and yeah, 
Going into is, season, you would say this, but is it road Jets? I, I really no, it's no, really, no, 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 no. Okay, no, road no. Bengals, road Bengals, road Bengals is okay. The, the only acceptable answer at this point. Monday okay. night on the road okay. against a team that could be battling for a division title at that point in the season. It has to be road Cincy, Minnesota. Good record. They're at home. The Bills should should win that game. New England, we saw them get exposed Ooh, last no, night. No. Miami, credit to them for beating Buffalo the first time. They're not coming into Buffalo in December and defeating the Bills uh, at Highmark Stadium. And the Jets, great story. Amazing defense. But you know what? The Bills' <laughs> defense is equally great to the Jets, and the Bills also can do something called pass the ball and score points. So you, you look at it, I would say this is probably the second most difficult mat, like team-wise left, but – I still don't expect it to be that close of a game. And if, if the Bills are 11-point favorites against teams like Green Bay, it, it's going to be crazy some of these lines as the season goes on uh, towards the end. What's very interesting, Mike, overall DVOA, 20th for Green Bay. So it's not even really in that's the top the thing, That's the thing. Not even that, in the top half of their strong, strongest yeah. games rest. A lot of people – and I, I saw one of the comments uh, mentioning how Green Bay is going to have that extra incentive. They're going to be hungry. And and I do think there's an aspect where being hungry, being angry and motivated might make some impact on games. But the, the Bills are coming off a of bye week. This is the healthiest that they've been since the beginning of the season. Josh Allen knows about the history of football. He grew up watching guys like, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. He knows the significance of this. The last time Josh Allen went up against Aaron Rodgers, the Bills were shut out at Lambeau. Josh is going to want to go out and one-up one of the guys he grew up watching. Uh, and I'm not going to say – the Bills are going to be completely focused for this, and their record after bye weeks has been tremendous under Sean McDermott. I'm not worried about Green Bay being hungry. The numbers show the Bills are a vastly superior team. Maybe in past years that wasn't the case, but so far through seven weeks, the Bills are a much better team. I think there's a better chance of this being a blowout than it is a Green Bay win, uh, in my opinion. I think that there's no way they sleep on Sunday night football against Green Bay. I, I would even think there's a better argument that they sleep Thanksgiving against Detroit than they do Green Bay at home, Sunday night football, Aaron Rodgers. A struggling, slumping team with the DVOA metrics, Mike. And it's... sleeping a lot of times isn't really even sleeping. It's sometimes you just played bad football, uh, sure. or you, or or you weren't completely prepared. Like the Jags game last year, we always reference it. That that's a horrible loss, obviously. But the Jags also came to play. Josh Allen, the defensive end, had an incredible performance, and they were on Josh, our Josh, the entire day, and uh, it was a struggle. So. Yeah, that was a, a horrible loss, but you also want to give credit for a team when they perform and they show up. So uh, if, if the Bills were to lose to Green Bay, if the Bills were to lose to uh, an inferior team down the line, I don't, I don't want to just assume that they didn't show up. I, I want to give credit to the other teams for, for making plays and winning games. Any team except for Miami, we'll, we'll never give them credit for that win uh, in week three. And, and since – here's a stat for you guys. Since Sean McDermott took over, 5-0 and after the bye week. So – I don't believe this is going to be the one they're going to jag, sleepwalk through. I think they already you saw it a little bit in, in, in Miami where it was hot. They were missing some players. Uh, it was one of those games, again, like the Jags game, where you kind of just thought they might come through. 
They're just missing. I mean, Diggs was down on the ground. I mean, you, you had some of those things already happen, more or less. And Miami seems to be a stronger team than Jacksonville was last year. But it's essentially the same mindset. You've kind of already seen one of those games. And you're not going to go – you're not – you know, we're not going to celebrate pop bottles like Miami going 16-17-0 uh, like their undefeated team. Um, you know, it's very strange that you root for other teams to lose. That's weird. Just like after following Aaron Judge's historic home run record and then you see them cheering him on – to watch Miami consistently gloat about other – it's weird. It's just strange. I, I get it. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, It's strange. It's a little strange, but, I mean, if you're the one team to ever do that, I, I get why you celebrate it. You want to you stand alone in history. It, I mean, but then you have, like, Roger Maris Jr. following wanted, Judge around. I some people want to see history. Other ones want to be the history. If you've already made it, some, t- some people don't want to share their place with, with other strange. people. I, I get it. I, different perspective. I, I'm not saying I would ever root again for a team to lose in those situations, but but I understand why the older Dolphins do. You would want to like other people to potentially experience like the good and the best part of your playing days. It's just it's just not what it's about to me. At least as a, as an that's like what me and you talk about our fans in general, podcasters, media. That's for them. But like actively root against that's strange. Um, that's that's a weird, really weird um, energy. But Mike. Uh, getting back into this one, five and all off of a bye, it's just not something that happens underneath McDermott. Here's some stats I had for you against why I also believe that there's nothing that would point to Green Bay figuring it out besides being 29th in DVOA on special teams. Uh, they're also 29th in estimated wins, meaning they didn't get unlucky. 2.5 wins is where they're supposed to be right now. They're actually playing over. Uh, the Bills are actually supposed to have been uh, undefeated at this stage based on their projected DVOAs, but Green Bay is a half of a game worse. Um, so they're actually getting getting lucky, uh, not not unlucky. Um, they've also played the 25th worst schedule, meaning that they also played no one. The Bills have played the sixth hardest strength of schedule. And as I tweeted earlier uh, yesterday, number one strength of victory in the league, 545 winning percentage number one in the leagues there is no more like just beating the bottom of the barrel across the league like 2017 that's not what's going on here and they're a future schedule for green bay sixth hardest in the league there's not a lot of day variance here on their dvoa uh there's no regression there is no progression to the mean to happen here mike a lot of these numbers are bad they're bad um they could figure some stuff out but right now they're playing two and a half win football with a three win record uh, so yeesh, there's definitely, um, some points that they might not be the team that even makes a wild card. I project them to kind of try to sneak in to one of those final wild card spots, but it's not looking good if teams like, uh, uh, like Dallas and Minnesota and, um, obviously New York keep winning, uh, obviously Philly, they're, they're, they're going to run out of spots and, uh, would never have guessed that. I mean, at the end of the year, I think they'll make it. The question is, do they sneak in as a wild card? Do they find a way back in the division race? You look at the, the NFC North standings. Vikings, uh, I believe, are 5-1 and one in pack 3-4. and four. Um, Maybe I'm missing a game with the Vikings, but uh, that's not good when you're trailing by that much in the, the loss column already. You're going to have to – the Packers are going to have to beat the Vikings in their next game and then go on some type of run while hoping the Vikings fall back down to earth. And even if you're looking at the wild card – uh, I, I know I said earlier in the show that I don't think the Giants are great, but they're six and one. You're talking about going four and four the rest of the year, and that probably gets uh, 
well, six and one. Yeah, talking about if the, the, the Giants can get four more wins, get to, to ten wins, they probably can make make the playoffs. You know, the Eagles are going to make it. The Cowboys are probably going to make it. Uh, NFC West, someone's going to have to re- represent them. Rams, maybe the Seahawks, who've been super surprising. So there's not going to be a ton of spots, like you said. Um, so it's going to be tough. The, the the good thing for the Packers overall is just that the NFC overall sucks. <laughs> so outside of the Eagles, uh, any team they can compete with. But, God, it, it's not look, looking good at the midway point. If they fall to Buffalo to go to three and five, they're going to have to play some really good football to make up for it down the stretch. That's what I'm thinking about, thinking about them going to three and five. And maybe that's just more desperation, not because everyone's counting them out and because – um, they're coming into Buffalo Sunday night football, but like, they literally need it. Like they're, they need it. They could, you could argue that an NFC game, the bills don't need it. Uh, they, they don't need it. Uh, but just Sean McDermott's going to have a game plan. He gets an extra week of film five and oh, Mike, um, off of buys. There's just nothing here. DVOA regular numbered statistics, but Mike, you don't play this game on paper. As many people say all the time, bills are the stronger team on paper. The Bills are the strongest team is DVOA. The Bills are the strongest team, PFF, whatever you want to use. The Bills are the stronger team, but you don't play this game on paper. It just takes, you know, you're not going to get the elements, luckily, like you did in Miami, but it does take something like that. It takes a couple of bad fumbles, like uh, fringe players putting the ball on the ground, like a Taiwan Jones, like a you know, McKenzie dropping passes. But the Bills have been able to overcome even if, even if the Bills do that, like – are, is Green Bay close enough where one mistake or two mistakes no. possible? Three or four like, or five. About it, the Bills against Kansas City played far from a flawless game. In the past, the, the Bills' errors that they had against the Chiefs uh, a couple of Sundays ago would have cost them a game. They, they would have lost by double digits in that type of uh, situation. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie bobbling the, the Allen pitch. The, the lack of execution in the, the, red, the red zone, zone. early. And – you know, it still didn't make a difference. The Bills found a way to to get a victory. You look at the Taiwan Jones uh, bobble, you follow it up with a 98-yard touchdown, you beat Pittsburgh by by 35. And what we're seeing, and we, we were talking about this all offseason, is the the Bills' record of one-score games last year, just it, it became such a talking point narrative. Oh, they can't win one-score games. Well, we, we were talking all offseason. That stuff normally evens itself out. And so far this year, it has. The Bills beat the Chiefs. The Bills beat the Ravens. They lost to Miami, but they probably should have won that game too. So now you're you're not only getting the dominant victories where they're just destroying teams like Tennessee 41-7 to and Pittsburgh 38-3, to but they're also uh, right now winning a decent amount of their close contests. And it's crazy to think looking back at last year, they went 11-6. and because right now this is shaping up as a team that could go fifteen and two. Uh, you you look at the schedule. Who do they lose to? If they lose a game, it's one of those where up. Oh, that's the random loss that they had to, had to lose. There's I can't pick them to lose any of these games. Cincinnati is probably the the best chance uh, at a loss, but I, I can't pick against this Bills team. They are so good at almost everything they do. Like the the one area they struggle at is is run blocking and pass protection. Their offensive line is probably the most noticeable weakness on this team. If you look at advanced metrics and PFF grading and you got Josh Allen behind center, that just makes up for it because he can make a pass 
at any given moment, regardless of how many yards are needed. And if that's covered up, he can just scramble for 15 yards. And despite the Bills' awful run blocking grade, they still have a good running grade overall on many of the different sites. So even in the one area where they struggle, it still hasn't impacted them overall. So, yeah, it, right now you're, you're not going to get me to pick anything but Bills down the stretch. And you got Aaron Rodgers as the 11th ranked DVOA quarterback, 11th on PFF, also 27th in QBR. Like he's not playing particularly great football. He's not be, he's not doing enough to help his team win. He's playing in a in a in a situation where there's a lot of poor quarterbacks. He's playing top 12 football, but that's not what you expect from him. You expect one to three. Uh, from Aaron Rodgers and a year to year basis. So as you see the deviation and the, the regression to his statistics to be 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, you start to see green Bay falter. You start to see really how much he was able to do. Uh, you start to see really, even with just Devonta Adams, what that meant to the team, just one receiver. And with zero receivers, you see a regression, you see a regression in his statistics. And all of a sudden the team's a losing record. So that's, that's quite frankly shows you how important he is and all of his metrics point to it. It points to him playing about average, about above average. Uh, and, you know, a team that is depleted of some offensive talent, you need Josh Allen like performances. And right now he's not doing it. He's doing, you know, other quarterbacks in his range, Jared Goff, Derek Carr. Uh, so that's the range he's in right now. He's not in the range of uh, Mahomes. He's not in the range of Allen. Uh, you know, even Herbert's playing better than him. Joey Burrow, uh, even, you know, Hertz and Lawrence are playing better by a lot of advanced statistics. So, you know, right now he's not in there right now, but it wouldn't take much for him to figure it out. But it's not going to come with offensive weapons. It's going to come with Amari Rogers. It's going to come with Dobbs. It's going to come with Robert Tunyon. Uh, I mean, they just don't quite frankly have the, 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 even the Bills receiving core if, if a quarterback had to come play in Buffalo without Josh, I mean, they're inheriting a pretty good offensive weapons and skill players. You go there into green Bay and all of a sudden, I mean, you mean Justin Herbert struggles, Jalen hurts would struggle. It's, it's just a, a poor built offense. And what it is built for Mike is Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, he's a really good player. He's an all around back. He can catch. Uh, he's had ridiculous catches. Uh, he's one of the best running backs in the league. It's, it's a shame they haven't really been able to figure him out a little bit more. He is fifth in DVOA um, across many metrics, third in yards, fourth in overall DVOA. So he's he's good in uh, pretty much every single expected yards and, and pretty much every single success rate and every single statistic. But, um, you know, that's, that's a lot to be said. Are you worried about this running game consisting of potentially should be on, once again, on paper, one of the best AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones situations in the league. And it's, it's just not at the current minute. I mean, if there was one thing that the Bills struggled in the past years uh, with McDermott, it was a little bit of the run defense, but that hasn't really been a concern for the Bills this year. The way that they've readdressed their, their defensive line. I'm not very scared of any of the, the running backs really, uh, in the NFL right now going up against the Bills because if you're running against the Bills, how are you going to keep up with the Bills' offense uh, scoring the ball? The the best chance you have is just to 
hopefully keep the clock going, capitalize on your few possessions, and and keep it a close game till the end. Aaron Jones is going to get some yardage against the Bills. I, I would assume he's going to ha- he's going to make some plays here and there, but. I have the utmost confidence in the Bills' defensive line to to contain him from going off and doing what Jonathan Taylor and uh, what Derrick Henry did uh, against the Bills last year from a from a yarded standpoint. And even in those, even in the Derrick Henry game last year, it was really just a few uh, a few big plays. This Bills, de- and I, I sound o- overly confident right now. And I, I was going into that Jaguars game last year, so watch the Packers come out, have a great game and make me eat my words. But when I look at this defense, the, the Bills linebackers are, have been balling and the, the defensive line has been fantastic. Da- Daquan Jones has been, uh, as I stated last week, one of the best D tackles in football this year. He gets double teamed almost as much as anyone in the league and his win rate against it has been fantastic. When you have Oliver next to him, you got guys like Jordan Phillips, and then you got the edge rushers that the Bills have. It's just setting so many free lanes for uh, the Bills linebackers to take care of business. Milano's been fantastic. Edmonds has been fantastic. Uh, like, tell me where the weaknesses are. Uh, if this Packers team has been struggling against the the Jets in Washington, how is that going to be any different from an offensive standpoint against the Bills? Uh, the only thing I could see changing is maybe – Rodgers plays with um, a confidence and a lack of fear where some of these uh, passes where he's deciding to check down, maybe he's a little bit more aggressive and he's like, screw it. Let's just, let's just put it all out there. But if, if Rodgers goes into these, this matchup the same way he has in recent weeks where he's not being aggressive, he's not being able to get the ball downfield. He's being forced to check it down and, the, the running game can't get going, which it has in recent weeks for the Packers. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to keep up with the bills. Even if you do score 20 points, how are you going to hold the bills under 30? So uh, yeah, I, I don't like the matchup for green Bay. And get out there, get your one pass subscription. We ha- we're going to hear from Jones here shortly here on the cover one film room at nine o'clock. So make sure you tune into Eric Turner, Anthony Prohaska, Kendall Murphy, and the team on the cover one film room at nine o'clock to talk to a Daquan Jones. Uh, so that's going to be a pretty interesting uh, segue for the best one tech in the NFL. So make sure you tune in for that and you hear what he has to say. Does he back up what we're saying here on the Going Deep podcast? Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. We're going to tune in ourselves. But make sure you get out there for the best coverage in Buffalo Bills podcast out there. One pass gets you a free shirt. You get to learn from the best. Uh, you get in-depth analysis. You get the Slack group channel. Uh, you get access to our contributors and ask specific questions or topics that you'd like us to cover on air. So make sure you get out there and you try one pass uh, for one of a really great premium subscription to cover one. And Mike. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. It's the Smucker's Uncrustables Radio Hour with round soft pillowy bread filled with delicious PB&J. Here's your host, Uncrustables. Caller on line three. What's eating you? No one. Crust, is that you? Ugh. Uncrustables are the best part of the sandwich. Sorry, Crust. I had here to talk about the schedule because as we kind of already kind of teased a little bit earlier on the show, 
what are the most important games remaining? And I wanted to read you some numbers and you can tell me what you think. Someone asked earlier, will they be favored or double digit favors and how many games? Well, we're going to find out. 11 and a half point favors against the Packers, 84% win probability. Uh, important score of only 32 though, Mike. So that's an interesting uh, factor off of this game. Early line, seven and a half in New York, 75% winning uh, win um, percentage and a 70 importance. So it's double the importance next week against New York. As you continue on the stretch, eight point favorites against the Vikings, 75% again, win probability, 70 or uh, 39% importance rating. So still pretty low there. 89% win probability against the Browns at home, a 15 point spread, only a 14 on the important score, uh, November 20th against the Browns. As you continue on the, um, to Thanksgiving, uh, you have a 12 point favorites, 85% win probability, and only a 14, a 14 important score out of 100 against the Lions week 12. The Patriots minus seven on the road for the Bills, 73% win probability, 65% importance rating. Uh, going into the following week, week uh, against the Jets at home now, 11 and a half point favorites, 84% win probability and a 50% importance rating into the following week at home against the Dolphins in which they expect the Bills to be double digit favorites, 10 point favorites uh, and an 80% win probability with a 56 important score, which is, uh, you know, about as high as you'll see remaining here for the Bills. And then you get into Christmas Eve against the Bears, nine point favorites on the road, 79% win probability, 40% important score. Uh, into the Bengals game, everybody's favorite Bengals game, 58% win probability, minus two for Buffalo, an 84 important score uh, there for Buffalo. And lastly, home against the Patriots, 11 point favorites, 47 important score, and an 83% win probability. That's the schedule, Mike. That's the yeah. schedule. So by far, um, it's the Cincy game and they're basically, uh, mitigating and just lowering the green Bay game to just any other game. It's not as, it's not even as important as some of the division games. Obviously it's not even that much per probability wise. They're not saying it's, you know, very, uh, very hard game for Buffalo importance wise. It's not a very, uh, you know, the next week against the, the, the Jets, the bills only have a 75% probability win and an 84% chance this weekend. So you can see right off the bat, which is supposed to be one of the Bills primetime games could be beside the Browns game. The line, like it's, it's down there. It's down there based on a lot of statistics. Well, this game, what's your, what's your overall this game thoughts? Is for fun. This, this is a fun game. Great matchup. One of the all time greats versus one of the guys that's the, the up and coming great in the league next to Pat Mahomes. So this game is perfect for national TV, get ratings, cool QB matchup. And, and so forth. But from a Bills perspective, if you do lose, it's a non-conference game. It's not going to impact your tiebreakers. It's not going to have a big impact. I think I agree with most of what those numbers would say. Cincinnati game is only the only reason why that's the number one uh, importance remaining is that could have uh, implications for seeding down the line. But since he already has three losses, I, so in that regard, if, if since he has four or five losses entering that game, I think from a, a seeding perspective, the Bills will essentially be in a good position outside of maybe Kansas City running the table to to maybe clinch a one seed that week or the week after. The the two games I think are the most important that I'm looking at right now are the Jets in two weeks and then the Miami game back in Buffalo. The reason I have the Jets game is right now they're five and two. They're only 
a half game behind you in the standings. That's just because they have one more loss in the loss column. I'm not scared of the Jets, but if you start looking deeper into their playoff probabilities, can they make the playoffs? The Jets have a 60% chance to make the playoffs uh, based on the current metrics. That's way higher than I would have assumed at the halfway point of the season. Um, they have a lot of injuries. I think that's still premature uh, to, to have that high of a playoff odds, uh, especially when they're not winning games with their offense. They're winning games with their defense. Um, will that be able to stay the way, the course going throughout? But uh, I'm pretty confident the Bills will take care of business when they play the Jets in a couple weeks. I know New York has played the Bills tough at times in recent years, but uh, I, I think the Bills will take care of business at the Meadowlands. And then the Miami game has to be up there. Just because you look at the, Dolph the Dolphins' schedule the next five weeks, it is light. I just want to pull it up here uh, on my computer quick. Sorry, I don't have this already out here. Yeah, no um, worries. But if you look at the Dolphins' schedule coming up, you have uh, the Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans. Right now, you're talking about a 4-3 and three Miami team. Four weeks from now, we could be talking about an 8-3 and three Miami team. The Bills could win the next four weeks and still only have a, a slight division lead over Miami. And so that game in Buffalo, will it be to win the division? I don't think so, I, because I don't see the Bills losing more than a couple games the rest of the year. But that game is going to be a big late-season matchup, and and that's why it's difficult to even say which one of these are is the most important, because I don't know if any of them are truly going to be that important if the Bills end up running the table and finishing with a 14 and three or 15 and two record. Um, if, if you're finishing with that great of record, they are going to be so far ahead of everyone else besides maybe Kansas City that it, these games aren't going to have the significance that they might have in the past. And last point, I just want to talk about the schedule. We said before the year when we were making our projections, we, most of us were picking 13 and four, 14 and three, right around there. I was 13 and four. We were assuming they were going to go five and two, maybe four and three in the first seven games. The rest of the season was the easy matchups. And I, and I know the AFC East is shaping out to be a good division, but the Bills just rolled Tennessee. Tennessee's four and two, 41 to seven. I know the Rams are struggling. They killed them. You beat Baltimore, which is probably going to be the AFC North champion. It only gets easier. Uh, like most of these DVOs, and, they, and they smoked Pittsburgh. They smoked Pittsburgh, yeah, and why that's important is Pittsburgh fought against to the last play yeah, against Miami. Miami. One, yeah. You look at the and DVOA. they beat Tampa, and they beat Tampa. Yeah, let me let me just pull. I just want to check this out quick. So if you're looking at the Bills' remaining schedule, Cincinnati has a DVOA of six, and the Jets are eleven, Miami twelve. So like you got you got a few good games left, but most of the opponents you're playing are. 11 to 32 range. You got one more elite test waiting. And then the rest are games that the Bills absolutely should win. Um, will they win all of them? Probably not. But they'll absolutely, like you said, be favored in most of these contests, be double-digit favors. And the Bills are eight, excuse me, a projected eight-point favorites against Minnesota, another team that right now is like next after the Eagles on their side. So that's after the Green Bay Minnesota games, like you've already played the Rams, you've played Minnesota, you've played Green Bay, you'll have a really good grasp on like that was supposed to be like three of maybe the top six teams over there. Like I mean, at some point the NFC is 
is struggling just as a whole is struggling. Uh, as, as you can see from the AFC East, like there's not a lot of good teams. And that's why a team like the Jets could end up sneaking in a wild card spot because why not? I mean, we'll see how much Brees Hall they went out and immediately changed, uh, traded for Robinson. And how much shows of a difference that, does that make? Like, you know, Brees Hall to James Robinson. I know people like Robinson. I still think that's a downgrade overall. It's a downgrade. Think, it's a downgrade because of the, the elite talent. I still don't think the Jets has. can score points. So right. to me, that doesn't like the dude. He uh, Zach Wilson has thrown was it over five yards? Wasn't it like three times? Yeah, like in you know the Denver Broncos are horrible. Like they're playing with their backup quarterback who couldn't do anything. And the, and the Jets have been playing some backup quarterbacks throughout this win streak. They beat the Dolphins' third stringer, so that's yep. a game that could actually have implications between Miami and New York going forward. But that's one of the things you, you look at the rest of the division, Miami, they are vastly better when Tua is in the game compared to Teddy or uh, their third string quarterback. So Miami, like their record actually is a little bit flawed because their losses have come without Tua, but I, I can't trust the dolphins over the course of a 17 game season. They, they, they barely beat some of these teams that are not that great. Having that close of a game against Pittsburgh was honestly more of a concerning uh, game than anything positive I could take out of it. New England, people want to wanted to pump up Mac Jones before the year, and then he gets hurt. Bailey Zappi has a couple good series, a couple good wins. They haven't played anybody. The Patriots have not played anybody. Their two wins were against the Lions and the Browns in back-to-back weeks, and then we get on this – zappy mania and start freaking out about him and what do we see a bad chicago bears team come into foxborough and just destroy them and we'll see about the jets i honestly i i think the jets long term could present uh maybe the the top challenge in the afc east to the bills based on the way they're constructing their roster but none of these teams are even close to the bills level and god it this is how it must be to have been a Colts fan for 15 years, a Patriots fan during the, the Brady years. It's, it's almost, you come across with a sense of arrogance where you're almost overly confident, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to pump up other teams when I spend an entire you know, weekend of football watching like, teams struggle to get first downs and the bills could have a third and 20. And I'd say, you know what, Alan, just go for it. Like in, yeah, don't, they, don't run a draw. Have a chance. Yeah, don't run a draw, actually. Go for the like the Bills are in a unique position to where they can convert any situation in any in any setting, in any field type against Pittsburgh, third and eight, third and nine, whatever it was, third and twelve uh, on the two. And they just had the one against Kansas City with a minute and fifteen seconds on the one half. How many how many teams try to get four yards and punt? How many teams? This team I I think I've alluded to this in previous shows. And uh, if I haven't, I'll, I'll just mention it once again right now. This team is constructed like some of the great teams in the history of football. Um, when you have uh, all these all these organizations want young offensive-minded head coaches, and I get it. That's how you win football now. Offense wins championships. I know it yeah. used to be defense, but it's about offense now. The way the NFL game is uh, refed and uh, officiated, you need to have a great quarterback. But the ultimate recipe to winning – in winning big, and I'm talking like championships, not one, but two, three, four, however many you want, is having a defensive mastermind head coach paired with a dynamic quarterback 
that's so good that doesn't matter who's coaching him. You could give Josh Allen any coach in the NFL as his offensive coordinator. He's going to find a way to make it work because even if things are messed up, he can do things with his legs. He can do things with his arms. He is, he is surrounded by playmakers. You, you pair that with a defensive mastermind who has a strategy for almost any offense you go up to go up against, even a team like Kansas city, like, yeah, KC got their yardage, but you held them to 20 points and you made big plays in the fourth quarter to get the ball back to your offense two times yeah. in a row. That's a recipe, and you add on to it special teams. Yes, the Bills aren't the greatest special teams in the world, but Tyler Bass is a reliable kicker that you have a leg that can boom it from 60. Special teams from a kick uh, kickoff coverage is dynamic almost all the time. How often do you see the Bills allow a return past the 25? Rarely. It's, it almost never happens. So this team has all, all of the, the things that you, you look for and you want. And the only thing keeping me back from saying the stuff like they're going to win championships is the Buffalo sports mentality that, that tells us um, that all oh, the Bills or Buffalo teams are going to find a way to screw up. If you just erase any superstitious crap or previous uh, notions that Buffalo sports fans have had of curses for the past 50 years – you just look at this team, like you should be able to confidently say, like, they're gonna win a Super Bowl in the next few years. This year, next year, they might win multiple Super Bowls. Like this, this is set up to be one of the great teams in football. And the DVOA say it, the 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 stats say it, everything the, says the it. They just have it. to do it in January and February. But everything says this is one of the great teams that we've seen in the past five-plus years in the NFL. Injuries are the only thing that could derail the Bills. That's for sure a certainty, and they're getting healthier. Trey White's back, really only missing Micah Hyde uh, going forward. We'll see about Spencer Brown, but other than that, Sean McDermott has said they are fairly healthy, uh, and even if Spencer Brown's out for a week, okay. Like I'm not, We're not going to really you know, miss much. There's many stats that point to uh, Quesenberry playing just as good of a right tackle as uh, Spencer Brown is at this current moment. So the Bills really are missing – a safety and would love to have Micah Hyde. He made a huge play in the playoff game last year. He is a difference maker on the bills defense, but the defensive backs are ridiculous. Mike, it's just crazy how talented the defensive back room is going to be. It has played super well to this point and you're getting an all pro back this week, or maybe not. Really we say against the Jets. Uh, there's a, there's a Wait, couple people. You can't even chat. play all these guys. I, I got to find the, uh, the names. Uh, they're, they're escaping me right now. But there's a couple people in the chat right now that I know called me out in the beginning of the season when I said the secondary was the biggest concern entering the season due to um, their biggest due to Trey White being out. And I, I had my questions about Dane Jackson and the, the two rookies. And, and that only got larger when uh, Micah Hyde was out, Jordan Poirier missing time. But, my God, like they've been fantastic. The Bills' secondary has been – uh, tremendous and the depth is insane right now. Uh, you, you talk about when Trey White is back in there, you got Trey on one side, Dane Jackson, you Taron Johnson's one of the best uh slot corners in football, and now you have Kyer Elam as your three once. Uh, Trey is white, Trey White is back, maybe splitting time with him if they want uh, to be on a little bit of a rotation. But Kyer Elam is stepping up. I know people were talking about some of the receptions he allowed against Pittsburgh, but. Two interceptions back-to-back weeks, like that—that's impressive. Christian Benford's good, 
in, it's funny. We forget that Xavier Woods, uh, Xavier Woods is uh, Rhodes. Pardon me, is uh, on the Bills practice squad. So the depth is just just stunning, front to back, and even that safety. Uh, Demar Hamlin is is really stepped up and, and played quality football uh, since Micah Hyde went down and just I all we we have reasons to be confident in Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott. Time and time again, when players have to step up, they do, and that's a credit to the coaching staff. Fourth and uh, pass DVOA, that's going against some good pass offenses, including Patrick Mahomes. The way that they were able to play in the red zone and confuse him at the end of the game. It's fascinating. They weren't able to do it last year, period. Between Von Miller and the DBs, Levi Wallace, bye-bye. Um, not able to uh, c- c- clinch another game yesterday or a couple days ago. And drop a couple. Pitch, drop, a drop, couple. A, drop a couple because he sucks. He sucks <laughs> at football. He's yeah, not very good. A little, a little harsh. A little harsh. He only, he's only in the game because Pittsburgh has two corner injuries. He's just was one of the weakest links, guys. And you see it right now that – even a guy like Christian Benford from an FCS school able to come out and be productive and be a key member, great tackler, be a key member of this roster and able to diagnose and designate plays like he was able to do all day against Kansas city. Kyrie Elam showed moments and flashes uh, being a strict man coverage, a simple one read cornerback in college was able to be successful against Kansas city. You see Dane Jackson pointing out the call and pointing out what Patrick Mahomes is going to do to Taron Johnson, just fascinating defensive back skills, zone and man beaters. They're just quite frankly, they were able to see that Patrick Mahomes is looking for a, uh, for a zone beater and didn't realize that half the defense was in man. So, and, then, and you see what they did against Sam Fran a week later, like a Sam Fran defense considered to be on the same level as the bills. And they go for 44. So, that just tells you where the Bills' defense is. I just – it's great, and you're getting an all-pro cornerback, one of the best heartbeats of the team. Like, if you're looking at it from a perspective of how do you not trade from that position group? How do you not look at the cornerbacks and, and make a move there now that Trey White's back? Like, to me, it's a matter of strength to go get a – like, it's just too – you can't play all those players. And, yes, depth's good, but that room is in good shape. It's good across the board. The defensive line is – shot it down against Kansas city, the defense and the linebackers are finally Matt Milano always has played top notch trade. Tremaine Edmonds has shown flashes, but top notch across the defense. There's really not a hole there unless you want to call Hamlin it, but there's really not a hole on that defensive side of the ball. And to me, if, if it was anyone, it was Jaquan Johnson, who was, who didn't play very well in his limited action to, in my opinion, and he's not on the field. Um, so the bills are in good shape defensively. Uh, then com- compared to Miami, who's 20th past DVOA is going to kill them. They're 20th against the pass defensively. And it's going to kill them when teams aren't running 80 plays in 130 degree weather. It's going to kill them. You can be condescending all you want about, you can't sue the sun. That's fine. But guess what? It's not in November, December, and January, 130 degrees. And that's where that 20th DVOA against the pass is going to show itself. And it's going to show itself across many platforms. And the fact that they need to play better if they think they're going to compete for a division title, let alone beyond. So for me, Mike. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment, in a post, in a second. 
Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Welcome to BreezeLine, where you'll get a Cyber Monday deal on lightning-fast internet to shop quickly and securely this holiday season. Get 1 gig internet for $59.99 per month and a $100 Visa prepaid reward card just in time for the holidays. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way to keep cyber threats out and shopping safe. Wrap up this deal and stay secure all year long. Terms and conditions apply. Offer ends November 30th. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. That's a lot of good to talk about here. I'm not even sure what you do with the roster here with all the corners. You're going to be scratching some players you're going to be active, uh, healthy and actives uh, here this week. Probably Cam Lewis will be a healthy and active. That's fine. You know, you're probably going to have to sit Kyrie Elam, uh, which is a shame. Um, you're not going to bench Dane Jackson right now. You're not going to bench Taron Johnson, obviously. I mean, Dane Jackson's your everyday starter. I, I don't know what you do with Benford. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, it's a shame that they have so much talent at the defensive back position to where I don't know. I could see trading from that position group. It's not going to happen, but um, I don't think there's any reason to trade. Any no, no, but Calgary mafia. It's a great problem to have Kevin. I mean, you're talking about rookies. This is, if anything, continue. They're getting great experience right out the gate. And ideally when everybody's healthy, you have Trey as your one, you have Dane Jackson. Now that's a great one, two combo. And you add Kyrie Elam, as a as a third guy on on the field, if necessary to join Taron Johnson, like you're talking about an insane depth, an insane amount of depth, and you know, I don't think the plan was ever to have Christian Benford be an impact player on this defense to open the year. We we entered training camp wondering if he was going to make the roster. It's it's a great place to be in. Where now going forward, you have the flexibility, a little bit of flexibility with your secondary to have some cost controlled players and and figure out what the best way to move forward is. Uh, I I know people have been talking on social media about, well, we should transition one of them to safety. I don't think that happens during the middle of the year. I don't, I don't think this is the time to mix, mix up with things like that. But during the off season, if you continue to want to go with Trey, Dane and Kair, maybe there's a situation where you, could see if Christian Benford can play safety. I, I still don't even know if I would want to do that. I, I'm, I'm pretty content with everyone where they're at right now. And uh, if there is a move to be made uh, with this team, we, we can always talk about OBJ in a month from now. Um, as far as trade deadline uh, targets, I, I really think they're they're fine the it's way they back. are. I, I don't really see a need to go out and – They'd be running back. Move. Some people, running, back. running back would be the one position that possibly they can they can make a move with the the price being pretty low. Um, when we were talking about wide receiver, Brandon Cooks is going to be too expensive. He has uh, a big money left on his deal still. Chase Kate Claypool is going to be too much, mm-hmm. too many assets to acquire in the in a trade. Same with Moore in uh, Carolina. So I don't see those happening. But uh, running back would be the one. Uh, situation where maybe you could see a move. Still don't think it's likely. We've been talking in our cover one uh, chats about Kareem Hunt. Could that be a guy that the Bills potentially uh, look to to make a move for with Cleveland struggling off to a two and five start? 
don't know. Are you guys? Are any of you guys in the the comment section cool with Kareem Hunt? I would like the fit from a Buffalo offensive standpoint for rental if it's a a cheap pick like a six round pick something like that. But uh, other than that, I, I think I'm even fine with the Bills backfield if James Cook uh, starts to to show more overall. Gibson's the name for me. I think you can have them. They're interested in Brian Robinson right now, and, and rightfully so. Brian Robinson's been a pretty good player for them. But Gibson would be an interesting player. I love Josh Jacobs. He's taken some heat for not running at a high yards per clip. Guy's a difference maker. He can do everything on the field. Didn't pick up their fifth year out. People are like, well, why were they trading? Because they didn't want him as of, of three months ago. So they didn't pick up their fifth year option on him. They're not going to, they can still go and pay him if they want to the same amount of rate that they would. The Bills aren't going to pay him, uh, you know, eight to, to 14 million a year or whatever he ends up getting. It's a rental. And I believe that he truly could be a difference maker for the Bills as you cross uh, the finish line here. Um, definitely have a rookie, Greg Rousseau, silver cracked from uh, Absolute, uh, from Panini Absolute Edition. Would love to give away a rookie, Greg Rousseau, for the victory on the bye week. I don't know. Someone jump out to me. If anyone's looking for Greg Rousseau in their, in their collection, let me know. Um, and would love to, to pass it on over for appreciate everybody listening to the going deep podcast and uh, to Daquan Jones coming on the film room here in 50 minutes. So we really appreciate everybody tuning into uh, the going deep podcast and guess what next week is Mike. It is world beyond live on the, on the, on the trade deadline day. Um, so live on the day, 4 PM, um, we'll be here at seven o'clock. We'll be here at seven o'clock here with, well, my we guy. have to have, we have to have our guy on next week, right? We do. I got him. I got we my guy. Tyson? Yep. Got him locked in. Tyson Rauch from let's talk jets. will be here on the show. Great guess. This Absolutely. guy's awesome. Uh, if you Hysterical. guys haven't seen him, great guy. Uh, good mix of commentary to actual good, good eye of the game. Um, does bring in a really good uh, uh, group of chatter, so so look out for them next week. And now he's got something to talk about. It's gonna be weird though, Kev. It's gonna be weird, especially if they beat New England to move to six and two. Yeah. Hearing a positive Tyson, like, uh, is he gonna let the the Jets winning get to his head? Is he gonna get overly confident? Like, are we gonna see a different version of him? I I, I don't know if I can relate to. Uh, uh, a happy Tyson. So yeah, there's a, there's an air about him. We'll see what he's able to do. If everyone wouldn't mind smashing the like button for us, it helps us bring great content, helps us uh, continue to do what we want to do and, and have a great guest 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 love. when you guys are active, man. That's all I can say is they want to see the chat rolling. They want to know that there's somewhere special that they're talking bills football with some of the best bills fans out there. So it means a lot to the guests when they come in, they see likes, they see comments, they see chats, they see everything. That means a ton. And it helps us. It helps us too. Yeah. Kevin. yeah. We get the more likes, the more, and then like if comments outside of the chat too help us tremendously. So uh, appreciate any likes, any comments on the main thread. It helps the algorithm, which then helps us get out to more people, increase the views. Great for all of Cover One, all the different podcasts throughout the network. So any comments outside of the, the live chat and any likes, we appreciate it. And, and AJ, I will gladly make this your first NFL card. DM me your information. I'll gladly send this out to you. Appreciate everybody tuning in, which is a special card. I hope this actually, um, Greg, I know uh, Greg Rousseau is more than willing to sign this for you as well. So um, definitely a worthy rookie card that I hope ends up 
turning into at least a valuable piece to a collection. And I see you Calgary mafia as well. Hit me up. I appreciate you tuning into this as well. We'll see uh, for something we can send out you guys for tuning into the show. And yes, there is Sabres after dark here. I know Mike, Mike's ready for Sabres yeah. after dark. Uh, I can, I can see that going on. The four and uh, one Buffalo Sabres three and zero on their current road trip. They haven't lost to a Canadian team all year. Darlene, five goals in five games. Alex Tuck, six goals in five games. This team, they're surprising people. Too early to talk about playoffs, but let's hope that they give us a, a fun ride until the end of the season. And who knows, maybe. Really great. Um, that team, that team has been special. And my, my wife's a big Bills, uh, uh, Sabres fan. Comes from a comes from a Sabres family. Um, believe it or not. So it's been, it's been very fun to see the journey that they're on to um, finally, hopefully have something to talk about both ways here for the bills and the Sabres uh, going forward. But Tyson Rauch will be here on the going deep podcast next week. Uh, that's going to be a super fun show on trade deadline day. So we're going to, we're going to have to see what we're going to do at times. If something happens, um, you know, maybe we'll come a little bit early at you. If not, Everything's going to go as planned at the same time uh, right here at seven o'clock. Mike, 630 next week, maybe pushing it up. It it might be 630. We'll we'll have to decide. Uh, In addition to being a Sabres fan, obviously me and Kev are big UB people, but I went to Ohio University. So there's a there's a Mac football battle. Three and one Bobcats versus the four and UB Bulls. Ralph Wilson Sr. I'm normally go UB, but there's one time I can't root for the Bulls, and that's when they play a vastly superior university. That's yeah. Athens, Ohio, called Ohio University. And uh, I, I love the UB Bulls. Believe me, I, I've been a season ticket holder for their football, basketball, but uh, I got to say go Bobcats. So show might be moved a little bit because they're playing on ESPN2 next week. But yeah, ESPN2. I, I don't um, know, Kevin. I mean, if you want it the normal time – I'm okay with that because I don't want you to be watching Curtis Rourke throw touchdown after <laughs> touchdown after touchdown. I don't want you to have nightmares of that. So uh, if you want to do normal time just to, to avoid the beatdown that's going to happen, I understand. And Mike, you got to say, you got to save the UB Mac content for a potential UB show. So Maybe. you got, you got, you got to save, you got to save that. You got to save those nuggets and news um, for what could be going forward for uh, a really great college football game. UB is winning. So UB is winning. The Bills are winning. The Sabres are winning. There's a lot to look forward to. Green Bay is in town for a much talked about. We broke and it down. Halloween the day after. Halloween so, the day after. So, this is the to weekend to celebrate. And Notre Dame is playing at Syracuse on Saturday. This is going to be a fun weekend throughout western new york central new york it's pumpkin season it's frightening season with halloween so we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week we're gonna have our one of our favorite guests and uh we'll we'll just keep it going and hopefully uh have a bills victory to talk about next tuesday and don't forget on top of it all trade deadline day here on the going deep podcast we're gonna read the trade deadline talk if necessary even even just maybe uh talk about with ty maybe uh, the moves across the league. If the Bills don't make any, I do have a feeling there will be some. Uh, there's definitely been some. There've been hotter lately. A lot of trade, more trades. Look at look at the draft. You know, you saw many receivers go out the door. We'll see what this trade deadline day uh, goes. As Christian McCaffrey's already been traded, you wouldn't see a major trade like that um, in years in many years past uh, for a premier running back talent like that that's signed for multiple multiple years. So. We'll see what the Bills are able to do. I'm definitely after – I'm definitely giving my Ozzy, but I, I don't anticipate the Bills doing anything at least big 
But I wouldn't be shocked if at 3 p.m. next Tuesday uh, something breaks where the Bills uh, trade for a guy that you wouldn't earn expecting, whether it's a starting safety, whether it's another receiver, whether it is the running back that we've all talked about in Gibson or Melvin Gordon or something lower level like that, um, or if it's a bigger name, like one name that you know has stuck out to me because of his contract, reduced his base salary to a million dollars, and would not shock me to see moved across the league is Mike Evans. Um, so just watch out for that. I'm not, and I'm not saying to the bills, but I am saying that it is conceivable based on his contract number one year left on his deal next year, no guaranteed money. If traded low base salary plays in the slot, uh, 99 snaps in the slot this year, never know. So just something to keep in mind, um, as we approach trade deadline, then we saw his drop with Brady this last week. Uh, so we'll see what that amounts to. Uh, out of out of Tampa, but is the solution as Mike already referred to? Is it OBJ? Von Miller seems to think so. So is Odell Beckham going to choose Buffalo? But I heard Kansas City is now a strong contender for the OBJ sweepstakes. But I think this week says a lot. If they stand pat, I do think that increases the likelihood of OBJ. Truthfully, if they and, don't, and before I, we I wrap think that up, lowers the likelihood. Yeah, and before we wrap up, there was a report on Twitter over the weekend that OBJ is not expected to actually appear in any games until mid-December, which in the past might have been a deterrent uh, with the, the season normally entering, ending the first uh, week of January, last week of December. But now when you have two January games, um, that will give enough of a ramp-up time to get him in some regular season action. If you have a bye week on top of that, assuming you get the, the top seed in the AFC, you, that'll give you a solid month to really get him acclimated to the Bills before an important playoff game. So I do think the move still – is reasonable and and does make sense. If anything, just to keep him from going to Kansas City. We don't know how his ACL is going to be. We don't know if he's going to be what he's going to look like once he does return to a football field. But I don't want to take that chance that Kansas City could acquire what could be a, a dangerous weapon. I'd rather him stay out of KC, come to Buffalo. If it doesn't work out, you don't give up much. I think that has to play into out, it, though. You got some insurance. I think that has to play into it where the player ends up. It's just as important that he doesn't push over the chiefs or maybe another competitor that it does matter to me. If I don't see why he would go and sign with someone 500 right now, I just, it doesn't, especially like you're saying mid December, if that's true, why you're not going to sign with a 500 team. You're going to sign with a playoff team. Thus the bill should be more interested, not less. If he was going to go to, I don't even know somewhere that's battling the Raiders, something like that, whatever. Um, but if he's like, even the Rams are iffy right now, but even if he was to come to a playoff team, I think the bills need to think about it, but I've always been in the proponent of, I would have liked the player. Now you can IR him. He's out for four games. He's in your system. He's on the sideline. He's learning with Josh. I think that that has some value. You're not wasting a roster spot. Uh, he makes more money because he has four uh, more weeks of pay. Uh, and maybe that does end up happening. If his timetable is sometime in early December, maybe you do see him signed around the dead, maybe in the next couple of weeks for four game, four games prior to him playing would make sense to me. Whenever he's at the four week mark, it makes sense to sign OBJ, put him on IR, bring him off of injured reserve going into whatever week he's uh, ready to play, gets him in the system, gets him in your rehab facility, your training facility, gets him checked out by your doctors, gets him in the system, gets him to play. There's too many positives right now than to, than to not. Um, so that is definitely something I've always said. Once he's four weeks out, he should be in an offense somewhere. So maybe he's not four weeks out yet. Maybe that's proof that he's not four weeks out yet. So 
that's that's an interesting thing to monitor. And we'll talk about that more here on the Going Deep podcast. I guarantee you it comes up like every other week. So I guarantee you we'll talk about OBJ right here on the on the uh, trade deadline special. If need be next week, we're, we'll probably get into a at least around the league again, Mike, talk about what happens, if, if anything, and then more if it pertains to the Bills. And then a little bit about OBJ, what that means if he's more likely without any moves. And then we have Tyson Rauch here to talk Jets football next week. It'll be a fun one, guys. I really appreciate everybody. Um, very interested to to get out there and have Ty on this show. He's one of my absolute favorite guys. So please make sure you come out here and you um, and you watch and you come and interact because he's going to bring some of his uh, his visitors to to uh, to be here on the show. So. With all that being said, we got the film room coming up here in 40 minutes. So everybody stay here, stay tuned. We got the Sabres playing here at 10 o'clock in Seattle. So so much to go, so much going on here on the Cover One Podcast Network. Great shows, great written content. Please make sure you check out all the other shows. Five stars on Apple Podcast. Please. That means the world to us if you're able to go out there. And if you're listening on demand, if you're listening on Spotify, thank you so much. Would love for you guys to interact with us uh, on our live shows one of these days. So with all that being said, it was an action-packed 80 minutes of, of football, a DVOA talk, gave away a Greg Rousseau card. Please make sure you reach out to me. And and more next week's jam-packed edition to review a game, trade deadline. Mike, there's so much to so much going on next November 1st uh, to happen here. And then so much going on against the Cover One Podcast Network. Please check out the film room right now on uh, 40 Minutes here with Daquan Jones and the film room crew. From Kevin Masseri, Mike Bunt, we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Mike, we need predictions, though, before we take off to wrap up this show. Mike, Mike, you were wrong Damn, last I week. We're wrap up without the predictions. I, no. I, already, I already made one uh, the other day. I, yeah. I will say 30 to 20 Bills win this one. Uh, okay. It's always hard for me to, to have, when you have an 11 spread, to, to say that the Bills will take care of that. Um, I, I know the Bills – do have a good track record recently, but uh, I'll, I'll say it stays within that that number and a uh, comfortable 10-point win. 34-14 is a number that's jumped out to me from the start on this one. Uh, I think 34-14 Buffalo numbers aren't there for Green Bay. Would need more than a couple plays to go wrong for that to tighten up. Like Mike already said, one fumble may not be enough. It'll uh, be 30-13 to 13 late, and then Rodgers will get a garbage time touchdown. This, okay. I feel comfortable. Sure. I, I sure. Feel good. They cover then. You got them covering. Um Fine with me. 34-14 has always jumped out to me. I think that it's going to be one of those games where it's 7-7, seven to seven, and then the Bills are going to do their thing like they do always, and they continue to just, even against Patrick Mahomes, not allow more than 7, 10 points in the second half, You know, 17 total this season. I just don't see a team like Green Bay getting 17 in one game uh, in the second half to, to do what they need to do to win. So unless there's some crazy instance, I just don't see it in Orchard Park especially uh, with the raucous crowd, Sunday night football, Allen needs to prove to finish off his tour that he can beat the best of the best quarterbacks. He's not going to get a chance at Brady, but um, he's going to be able to prove that he's going to be able to take down Lamar. He's going to take down Patrick Mahomes. I think that means something. I think that means something to him and the team. So I do not see this being the game that they sleep on. You have a better chance at that. We'll talk about that next week with Tyson Rao. Could this be a game that they'll sleep on next week against the Jets? That will be a topic for next week in New York. But from the Going Deep podcast, we got the film room coming up here now in about 35 minutes. Uh, from Kevin Masseri, Mike Bunt, the Cover One Podcast Network. We really appreciate everybody tuning in here uh, for this live show on demand listeners. 
appreciate you as well. Please leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts, smash the like, comment below, and look out for Tyson Rauch and our trade deadline special next week. We'll catch you guys later. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep down I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. The Jeep Black Friday sales event is here with incredible deals on a wide selection of Jeep 4x4 vehicles. Now, well-qualified lessees get a low mileage lease on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee El Laredo 4x4 for $469 a month for 39 months at $3,739 due at signing. Tax, title, license extra, no security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution and lease through Stellantis Financial. Extra charge for miles over 32500 Not all customers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery from dealer stock by 11-3023. Jeep is a registered trademark. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.